don't get into this stage where you're just pushing it down the road and you wish you would have done it. Just bite the bullet. Once you get involved, you'll realize it's not as scary as you might have anticipated. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing, maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects? Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fun That Flip. You know Fun That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine, and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix-and-flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. Brent Sutherland. How you doing, Brent? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. First off, I have to admit, I noticed on some more recent podcasts that you've had some heavy hitting athletes on board. So I'm worried that your listeners might look at the podcast feed and see my name and be rather disappointed here. Get down and give me 50. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we have had some football players and actually a couple Pittsburgh Steelers recently. And I know you're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A little bit more about Brent. He is the owner of his own CPA firm, Intellivest. He's a certified financial planner and has worked in financial services for nearly 12 years. He's also a real estate investor who owns eight rental properties. So with that being said, Brent, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure thing, Joe. I like to refer to myself as a financial planner rather than a financial advisor. First off, I am a certified financial planner, but the reason being most people who I know who are financial advisors are people that state themselves as a financial advisor. They tend to be more focused on just investing your money as opposed to looking at your whole picture and making unbiased recommendations on what you should probably do to get you to what your financial objectives might be. So I consider myself more of a coach instead of a money manager. But this was evolution that occurred over time because I did come from the traditional advisory world. But along the way, I got tired of the long work weeks under someone else's system. So I started looking for ways to give myself a little bit more financial flexibility and freedom to do something that gave me a little bit more fulfillment it was neat working in the traditional world. You get to meet some interesting people, successful people, but I wanted something else with my life. So I reached out to a guy at that point locally who was my same age, but he was already retired financially. And he did that through real estate investing. I sat down with him. I picked his brain. He gave me a lot of good pointers. But then I started educating myself on real estate investing, what that was, what it entailed, I got caught up a little bit, and I have to admit, like a lot of people do, in that analysis paralysis stage for a couple of years, but I finally jumped in and started buying properties in the beginning of the 2016, and it's been really snowballing ever since, and from there, I, I got that bug. I wanted to help out others who were kind of stuck in their journey towards more financial independence on that similar path as me, so I started my own company at the beginning of this year to do just that. I feel like I have a unique set of skills, knowing the traditional planning world and how it can be integrated into real estate investing with a passive income focus. And I feel like that can really benefit other people in their journey towards financial independence. So I'm not a hands-on investment manager, as I stated, 
Instead, I like to charge a per session fee that's very transparent, understandable, and I think it fits most people's needs at a reasonable cost. So that's kind of where I am today and what my focus is. How do you take the planning skills from your professional background and apply it towards real estate investing? Well, it's interesting because you start looking at some of those creative aspects of financial planning. And what happens if most people who I'm talking to now, they want to get started in real estate investing, but they come to me with this question and this challenge that, hey, I've been on this path for probably 10, 15, 20 years of saving in traditional investment accounts. And they're usually the 401k, the Roth IRA. These types of accounts have rules set in place where you can't really access that money without paying a penalty or or other rules that are attached to them. They say, all my money's here. How do I get started in real estate investing? That's where some of the traditional planning aspects can come into play because there's some workarounds you can really think about. One, the first thing I always bring up to someone is I ask them, you know, what types of accounts do you have? Let's talk about what your current investment picture looks like. And 99% of the time, they're going to say, well, I have the 401k at work. I have a Roth IRA on the side. And so then we start digging into what are the rules and the penalties involved with some of these monies if you want to start converting those into money that you can actually put towards a real estate property. I think it's important for people to know the traditional IRA, which is more the one that you put in money now, you get tax deduction up front, then that money grows tax deferred, but it has rules in place where you can't really take that money out until age 59 and a half. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but to me, early financial independence doesn't mean saving into an account that you can't access until age 59 and a half. So we have to start talking about how can we pull that money out so you can utilize those funds towards investment products today. There's a couple of different methods we can talk about. I don't know if you want to go into detail here now, but it's something that's more the typical conversation yeah, we sure. have with people, and that's kind of how we start. Please. Oh, great. We'll, we'll kind of dig in then. The IRA, one thing you can do with that is that you can actually convert monies into the Roth IRA each year. But you have to keep in mind that when you do this conversion, you have to pay ordinary income tax rates on those monies that you converted from the IRA to the Roth IRA. Now, the reason why you'd want to convert to a Roth IRA, and for people that don't know what the Roth IRA is, it's something that you put money into today. You don't get the tax deduction today, but it continues to grow tax-free, and you can pull out money later in life tax-free whenever you hit the retirement age. But another beauty and the benefit of the Roth IRA is that you can always access that money that you contributed. You can't access the growth on that money until age 59 and a half, but you can also access what you put in. Now, when you make this conversion from the traditional IRA to the Roth IRA, that acts as a contribution. But there's one specific rule that's in place when you make that conversion is that you can't access that converted money until five years from that point of conversion. So people have to keep this in mind. If they're converting, a lot of people make the mistake, I've converted that money to the Roth IRA. Now I can access that money right away towards a real estate investment holding. Nope, you got to hit the brakes a little bit. Five years needs to go by before you can access that money. But it kind of works out because if people are going to go this path, I think something you can keep in mind is you can almost ladder this. So one year, convert a little bit so you don't get hit too hard with taxes. The next year, convert a little bit more and do this over a period of maybe five, six, seven years to convert that money. Then you have this kind of trailing contribution that you can access five years from now, six years from now, seven years from now, and kind of buy properties down the line. Now, for a lot of people, they say, you know, I don't want to wait five years. I get it. If you catch this real estate investing bug and you want to invest today, five years is a long time to wait. The IRS also allows you, 
in accordance with the Rule 72T of the IRS code, it's called the SEPP, the Substantially Equal Periodic Payments, where you can take a traditional IRA, you can basically annuitize it, so you can start converting money today. It just means that you have to take a certain amount each year for the rest of your life if you do this and go by this set rules. There's three different calculations they have in place for this annuitized method, but it allows you to pull money out penalty-free. You still have to pay the ordinary income tax rates when you pull it out, but you can start using this money when you annuitize it today and start utilizing that towards savings, towards investment property, whatever you'd like to do. So again, that's another tool that you can use towards your path towards buying investment properties or just buying some other assets that might generate passive income for you to help on your path towards financial independence today rather than traditional retirement ages of 60, 65, what have you. The one is the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, and the other is the SEPP. Did I get that acronym written down correctly? That's correct. And if you wanted to find the calculation for that, and it's called substantially equal periodic payments, you can just Google search 72T calculation. It's 72, the letter T, calculation in Google. And there's a number of different calculators that come up that show you what your amount would be if you decided you wanted to convert some of that money into a annuitized form today. Bankrate has a really good one. And there's a couple others out there that really do a good job of making it simple for this calculation. So you can kind of see what that would look like today. That is a new term that I have not come across before. Thank you for sharing that. Which of these two methods do you use? I think it depends. And I hate to give this that answer is like it depends on the unique situation, but sometimes planning can come into play here too, where in my particular situation this year, where I started my own company at the beginning of the year, there's a lot of startup costs involved and my income streams are probably going to be lower that if I do the Roth conversion this year, so I take some of those IRA monies, which I did and converted into Roth format, I have to pay ordinary income tax rates on that, but my income tax rate this year is going to be low. So I encourage someone who's listening, if you're going through a period of transition or maybe you lost your job and you're thinking about going into real estate investing, this year where your particular tax rate is going to be low, it'd be a great time to convert money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA that gives you a little bit more flexibility with that money down the road. Since you're not going to pay that much on taxes, you won't get that penalty either by pulling out before age 59 and a half. So it depends on the situation. If someone is in a higher tax bracket, it looks like their job is safe but they still want to start pulling some of this money out, I would probably recommend the substantial equal periodic payments annuitizing that to pull that money out. So that way you're not getting hit too heavily on taxes and you're probably going to be working for a few more years. So it just doesn't make sense to do that Roth conversion today. Does that make sense? That does for the most part. Based on my brain, yes, that makes sense. And I'm sure there's many sub bullets underneath each of those if a best ever listener wants to learn more about it. On that note, in addition to Googling 72T calculation, which I did, and it came up with some searches that explain the SEPP, what about the traditional IRA to Roth IRA if someone wants to learn more just about the benefits in that process? Where should they go? You can just do a Google search, too. There's tons of information that's out there. Investopedia has one, and, and there's a couple of other individuals who do a lot of writing about those different rules. A guy who's a rock star in the financial planning industry is called Michael Kitsis, and he has a website. It's just K-I-T-C-E-S.com. It's his last name, Kitsis.com. And you can search on his website. He talks a lot about the rules involved with Roth conversions. So if you went to his website and just searched Roth conversion, 
you're probably going to get quite a few hits. And he goes into great detail, depending on how much you really want to know about this. I think a standard Google search would probably suffice, but if you want to get into the details and the nitty gritty, he has some fantastic research on his website. Cool. Yep. I am on it right now. And that search within his website comes up with a lot of posts on that topic. (laughs) All right. You've got eight rental properties. What was the last one you bought? Can you give us the details on it? Sure, absolutely. And actually, I just purchased one here at the end of August. And that one has yet to start producing for me. So I'm just going to go back to the one prior to that. And that was last October. It was in the Cleveland market. I purchased it at $88,000. It is renting for eleven twenty-five a month. So I was measuring the actual performance of that particular property. For me, last year, it took a couple months to have rented. But once it started renting, it looks like this year, the total cash flow is about 12% up through the end of the second quarter. But $88,000, like I said, about eleven twenty-five on rents. I do pay a 10% management fee. I bought this property through a turnkey provider. I know there's tons of different ways to invest in real estate, but for me, I wanted to focus on the financial planning aspect and helping other people. I wanted to do something that was almost completely passive on the side. So that's why I went towards the turnkey property provider for this particular. Who'd you use? They're called Smartland. They work the Cleveland, Ohio market. Okay. How was your experience? It's been fantastic, quite honest. I built up good rapport with these guys. They're young, they're hungry, they're eager. And, and since my connection to them, and it was at the end of 2016 is when I first touched base with them, their team has grown substantially. I think it's like everywhere else in the country. I think that the rental real estate and investing in real estate market has gotten fairly hot. So they've seen a lot of inquiries from coastal regions. So buyers on the east and west coast in Canada come into their market as well. So the Cleveland market, I got into that location just because around Pittsburgh, I felt like for what I was looking for, I was looking for at least a 10 to 12% cash on cash return, net of all fees. I had a hard time finding that here in Pittsburgh, but Cleveland was a bit more reasonably priced. So I went that direction. And now just looking at properties today that they're offering that same company, it feels like appreciation has been about 15 to 20% since last year. So it doesn't make even as much sense for me in Cleveland as it did just a year ago. So I don't know what you're seeing in the marketplace, but even here in the heartland in the Rust Belt, there's a lot of demand from buyers in Canada on the coast too. They're driving up some of the prices here just Midland America. What about the other seven properties? How did you come across them? One was through a provider called Home Union. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. They're a turnkey provider as well. They have mainly an online platform. The other seven that I purchased last year were all through Smartland. You bought seven homes last year. I bought eight last year and then one so far this year. And the only reason I've only purchased one this year is because I had a fairly nice paying job last year. So the W-2 looked good to banks and lenders locally. So I've had a bit of a hard time finding lending like I did last year when I was going through this purchasing spree. But what happened was I was living in a condo in Pittsburgh. And this was before I really got on to real estate investing and the benefits of. And my idea, like a lot of people's idea was, okay, I'm just going to save everything I can towards paying off this condo. And so when I had a bonus, when I had extra money in the savings account, I would just throw it at the mortgage. I got to the point where I built up a lot of equity in the condo and there was some appreciation on it as well. 
when I started looking at what I could get by investing in real estate properties, just from an investment standpoint, as opposed to just putting my money into this really dead asset with a condo that had a high HOAC on it, it just made sense for me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to move out. I'm going to rent. I'm going to sell off the condo and use all the money I had, build up an equity and put that towards these investment properties. And that's where I got the funding to buy all the properties last year that I did. Based on your experience with these eight properties, seven of them you've had for a year, what's a deal that hasn't gone according to plan? I'd say the one I touched on that was probably more recent last October, I expected that one to be rented from the get-go, but it didn't. That wasn't the case. In fact, we didn't get a tenant in until very early of this year. So that was an issue I had. The company is going to rectify the situation. They gave me free property management at a reduced rate. When it does kick into play, they give me free for a year. But yeah, that's something I didn't expect. I would say that that's been the only real issue so far. I've had a pleasant experience at this point in time. Based on your experience as a real estate investor combined with being a certified financial planner, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? You probably have someone said this before, but I think you just have to jump in. I went through the stage of analysis paralysis. I kind of regret it because I wish I would have gotten in earlier. But I think there's definitely a period where you need to educate yourself. If you don't feel like you have the expertise, reach out to someone else you know who is doing this and just get some pointers. Do a little bit of education, but don't get into the stage where you're almost frightened to jump on board. It can seem scary, but I tell you what, once you take that jump into this marketplace and you see it working, it's going to be addictive. I have one friend who's been talking about this for four years, and he literally makes offers on properties, lowballs them because admitted to me he didn't want them to be accepted. He said he's kind of terrified that it might get accepted, so he's intentionally lowballing offers, and it drives me crazy. But don't get into this stage where you're just pushing it down the road and you wish you would have done it. Just bite the bullet. Once you get involved, you'll realize it's not as scary as you might have anticipated. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dwellyn.com forward slash show. Best ever book you've read? I would have to go with The Behavior Gap from Carl Richards. It's a very simple book. He does a lot of back of the, the napkin drawings to break down more complicated financial concepts to make them understandable to all. It doesn't matter if you're looking at portfolio investing or real estate investing. I think it applies across the board. It's fantastic. Best ever deal you've done? It would have to be at the beginning of last year. I bought my first properties in a lump sum of four properties at the same time. It was just by luck that the Cleveland market 
turned around and appreciated pretty substantially over this past year. But they've cash flowed really nicely, and I've seen about a 15 to 20% appreciation on the price as well. So I'd have to say just that first initial bulk buy of those four properties has to be the best. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Well, I don't know yet if it's going to be a mistake, but I, I've kind of been kicking myself that the more recent, the ninth property I bought just this past month, since I had a hard time finding traditional lending to put in place, I bought it in cash. And I wanted to use leverage. That's kind of my principle. I always use leverage on these properties to get the most benefit. But I pay for it in cash. My goal now is to uh, to get a line of credit out on some of the equity to use that towards some other stuff. But it's yet to be determined on how this kind of pans out. But I've been kicking myself a little bit for buying this one in cash. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I think right now what I really enjoy, and I found I enjoy it more than I thought I would even, is that with my new business, I feel like I'm really providing value to people. There's people out there who are stuck, and uh, with the model I've set up, I feel like I'm not gouging people in price, and I'm providing them a value to give them confidence to go forward in their journey towards financial independence. I'm a big believer in providing free resources, so I have some calculators on my website, provide a lot of content. But aside from that, I'm involved with two organizations, two charitable organizations around town that I really believe in, and they give back to the community. So all those as a whole, I feel like it really kind of sum up my beliefs in giving back. What's the best place, the best ever listeners, where can they find you? I think the best place to contact me would be through my website. It's just intellivest.com, and that's N-T-E-L-L-I-V-E-S-T.com. You can schedule an appointment there for a consultation. Or you can just reach out to me, just send me a question or whatnot too through the portal there. And best ever listeners, that website will also be in the show notes page, a link to it. You can just click on it. Brent, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you acquired seven properties last year, one property this year, and the numbers behind one of them, which sounds like that is a typical deal that you've done the 88,000 purchase price 1,125 in rents that on average what you're doing with the other seven exactly they've been in between 77,500 and the high end 88,000 there was last one last October and those rents are around 1100 or so yep cool on average cool well thanks for being on the show talking about that as well as how you apply your certified financial planning background to real estate investing in particular two ways to get access to the cash that you're building through your real estate investments one from converting a traditional ira to a roth ira and two is the scpp and two resources for those one is the kitsis website searching on there and then two is just googling 72t calculation and learn more about that that way you don't have to wait until you're what is it 59 years old to get access to that money 59 and a half correct 59 and a half well brent thanks for being on the show hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon i appreciate this joe thank you very much are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom the Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dwellyn.com forward slash show.